Okay, we're gonna give you permission to do something today. We being the guests, Rachel, Luna, and myself, we're gonna give you what she likes to call, and I have now fully owned, the permission to offend, right? A lot of people, when you hear even of the word offense, you might cross your arms and your body language changes and your whole demeanor and energy is like, no, don't offend me. But often Jesus did this and he did it really well, tactfully, beautifully, and in full love and ultimate transparency. Rachel Luna is an incredible woman. Her Instagram handle says a lot about who she is. Girl confident, right? We all need a little bit more confidence. And the only way that you can offend is in confidence. And only way that you can offend well is in love. And so loving yourself and understanding that our confidence is derived from our creator changes everything. Rachel has walked through a cancer journey. Her book is incredible. She's been featured on the Today Show. Her rap sheet, right? Speaker, author, coach, all the things. You guys know the genre and the caliber of people that the Lord has allowed me to have conversations with. And this is what this show is about. Fit Faith Podcast is not about just entrepreneurship. It's about being an entrepreneur for the kingdom and truly activating from that lens and from our testimonies. There's so much power. So founders, innovators, and trailblazers, Hold tight and get to know my new friend who is also a neuro coach. Yeah, she's got all the brains, the bronze, and the brilliance, and it is coming from an inside place of confidence. Rachel, I love you. I'm so excited that Carmen connected us from the permission to offend all the way to the permission slip, right? There's so much connectivity. Carmen on her link, she's incredible. You guys also have to follow her. Her stuff is in the show notes because that's where Rachel and I first got connected. All right. Enjoy. It's so, so good. What's up, fam? I'm so excited to be here today. I was gifted this word from a friend, and as I was watching your intro video and reading your bios and having the experience of being with you just a couple weeks ago in our friend show, I want to gift it to you. The word is juggernaut. Have you heard of this before? No. <laughs> I've heard the word, but go ahead. That like, I never just you're capable of so much. You're able to do so many different things. You can fit into a lot of different categories, right? And you do each one with excellence because you're a best-selling author. You're an international speaker. You're a podcast host yourself. You have overcome so much, which we're going to get into, but you do it in the subtitle of your book, Unfiltered and Unafraid. And I know if anyone's listening today, we need more people who are going to be bold and unafraid and unfiltered in the society in which we live. So Rachel, I'm so excited to have you. What an intro. Thank you, Tamara. I was watching. I was like, oh, look at that. It's so cute. And I'm, <laughs> I'm going to write that word down and keep it with me. What an honor to be here. Thank oh you, my Tamara. gosh. It's going to be so good. And you're so welcome. I had so much fun chatting with you when we were having the other show on the other podcast. And it's the, the Permission Slip podcast, just so I don't I'll throw that out for her. Um, but you have a show too. And after we got connected, I'm like, how have I not been connected to her? And that was ultimately what Carmen wanted to do. She wanted to bring two people together. And so I started listening to your show. I was listening to all of the, the neuroscience information that you bring into how you coach, which I think is really rare. And if it's not rare, then it's very 
woo-woo. And so I love that you love Jesus and the way that you share him through your methodology. So I want to just learn. I want to like go all the way back and like learn how did it, how did you become a juggernaut? <laughs> Whoa, this is how my maker made me, right? Like I feel like this is God's plan for me all the way from the beginning of days. And I don't, I know for sure that I never consciously thought, oh, I'm going to grow up and be this big juggernaut. And I definitely never thought I was going to grow up and be a master neuroscience coach. Yeah. I thought, I knew for sure I would be an author. I knew for sure that I would have a book, at least one in Barnes and Noble, which is so cool that I, I love it. Have yes, that girl, it's incredible. Signing coming up on Friday. I did one in Fifth Avenue, the Barnes and Noble on Fifth Avenue. So that's amazing. Um, I knew that part of my legacy was going to be using my voice, uh, but I thought I would be more of an entertainer or like a dancer or something. You know, I, I thought I'd be making people laugh, and I do that. Yeah, but I'm definitely not a stand-up comedian. So <laughs> this was um, radical obedience and many, many missteps because of disobedience mm. here. Yeah. And it's, isn't it funny? I feel like obedience is so much easier when you've walked on the other side and you're like, Oh, now I know what that does. Now I know why that hurts so bad. Sorry. You know, what's so interesting. I was sharing this morning with a girlfriend of mine. I am reading the one year Bible. Yeah. Me and, too. Oh, I love that Bible. So but funny. I have fallen off, you know, life, life be lifing. Yeah. I was reading one of the passages in Luke and one of the apostles asked Jesus, Lord, how do we increase our faith? And Jesus does what Jesus does and is, you know, very parabolic in his stories. And, and you almost miss it. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting because he gave the story of a servant and a master. And he says, you wouldn't say to the servant, you know, make me something to eat, right? No, you, the servant would go prepare the meal, serve it, and then eat. And then a couple lines down, Jesus says, go be obedient. Mm. And right there, I was like, oh, it's so easy. Our faith is increased with our obedient action, so with true. the doing of the things in obedience and People expect confidence and certainty to be present before taking obedient action. That's what they're waiting for. So true. And what I'm learning is that, no, the confidence and the certainty come after you take this leap of faith-filled action when you don't know if it's going to work out or how it's going to work out. And you're willing to just kind of make that leap and hope you land on the other side and nobody dies. It's so true. And it's as I've seen and, and what you probably witness as well, people connected to you, people in your community, people that you coach who watch you take those obedient steps, who watch you step out in that like moment of, and it can be a place of like fear and faith coexisting. And yet you're allowing based in your obedience at this Peter getting out of the boat, right? Like I am sure he's like, this doesn't make sense. There's no way I'm going to drown. This isn't going to work. And he's just got his eyes fixed. But think of all the people who witnessed that. We don't ever really talk about the witnessing of somebody mm -hmm. else taking obedient action. You actually having your book in the bookstores, right? Like that inspires people and hopefully it inspires them not just to wish or hope, but to actually do. Yeah, we hope. Now, you know, what's interesting is when we think about all the people that witness and all the people that see what's possible, one of the things I hear often is I believe it's possible for her mm. or him but it's not possible for me. And the reason that we feel this way and want to talk neuroscience, the reason that we feel this way is because there's no evidence. And what the mind is always trying to do, it's looking to the past, yeah. our past, and it's trying to inform the present and make decisions about the future. But if you can suspend the look back to the past, if you can actually say, I noticed that in the past, this is what used to happen, but today is a new day. I'm not in the past and I'm open for the possibility and the vision that I see above me and the evidence that I have that it's possible for me is that Tamara did it. And then the unconscious mind will be like, well, but that's Tamara, not you. And then you say, yes, that was Tamara. 
And Tamara's success is leaving clues. And so I'm just going to look and take notes and see what she did. And what can I do that is similar, but different, you know, same, same, but different. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I did as I was writing my book. I studied all the bestsellers. I went into it just, how did they market their book? What was their first step? Could, could I do that first step too? Yes, yes, I could. That's so think, great. And I think a lot of people aren't looking at it from the perspective because they get limited. They get focused just on themselves, right? They're in their own mirror. And you're like, hold on, step outside and look into the mirror and the, the image of Christ. And that's the cool thing about being in community with people is like, I see the Christ within you. And it inspires me because I'm like, whoa, if she has that trait, because he has that trait, my daddy has that trait. I'm like my daddy. She's like my, oh, I'm going to, I'm about to unlock something for somebody here to say, stop trying to become something that you aren't meant to be. Mm-hmm based on your own limited belief or your past. And I love that you brought that part up because my past isn't pretty, all pretty, some of it's pretty, um, but all of it's not. And if I was to operate based in that place, and there are surely moments where I can feel those thoughts coming in when it comes to finances, when it comes to security, when it comes to protection, or even a place of like, is my marriage stable? I can get pot put into fear zone. And then I remember like, oh, he's been sovereign here. He's been sovereign here. He's never let me down. So I have to turn my energy from that external awareness to that eternal awareness. Mm, That's so good. Yeah. I I don't have a response to that because I feel like you nailed it. It is. Well, maybe I do have a response. (laughs) Well, this, what I love that you said was that you start to look around and these thoughts begin to pop up. And when, again, I'm going to bring into the neuroscience, it's being a gentle observer of the thoughts and recognizing that thoughts and feelings are not fact, right? A thought is just a thought. And there are very, very few original thoughts and ideas. Mm. So if you're thinking it, there's a high likelihood that it's not your original thought. It's not even your belief. It's just what you heard someone say or think or what you consumed on social media. And you have somehow encoded it into your programming to say, oh, this is true about me. Or because my husband is behaving a certain way. And when so-and-so's husband behaved a certain way, they got divorced. Like, oh, we're in trouble. Yes, yes. Oh, my husband is just being a human today and having a human moment. And I too am being a human and having a human moment. And so we're both humaning at the same time. And it's not productive. It's not a helpful thought. It's not a helpful experience. Likewise with the feelings. Well, I feel you made me feel some sort of way. No one makes you feel any old way. They do or say something or they don't do or don't say something. And you have a thought about it. And you assign meaning to that thought and the meaning creates some sort of negative emotion. And so now you feel bad, but they didn't make you feel anything. Mm, Your thoughts created the feeling. Now, sometimes you will have a feeling before you have a conscious thought. That's because your unconscious mind is always at bay. It's always working and it's always serving you up ideas that you're not even consciously aware of but you'll feel it. In my book, Permission to a Fan, I give the example, uh, there's a section called Slow Your Scroll. And so think about, you ever scrolling on social media and you feel good. You're like, great. And then all of a sudden you're like, and you feel like bad, but you don't know why. You have no idea what happened. I always say, think about what were you doing right before you started feeling this ickiness Mm. and what, what happened? You saw someone achieving a victory that you wanted to have. And all of a sudden there was this unconscious thought of like, Oh my gosh, she's winning. And I'm not, there's something wrong with me. I've got to catch up or I didn't do this. And now you start, you know, castigating yourself and punishing yourself for all the things you didn't do or thought you'd be doing, or you're further along, whatever the story is. But the interesting thing is that the feeling occurs first because the unconscious mind processed Mm. the emotion, processed the thought. So if you're ever wandering around your day and you can't figure out why you feel crappy, take a look at what you've consumed. Mm -hmm. 
emotionally, spiritually, physically, um, visually. And then, and I, I, I can say this on any podcast, but I feel even more open to say this, go spend some time with God. Yes. Like if you're really feeling cruddy, go t- part, turn on the praise and worship music. Here's the thing that the enemy does. Cause you know, he's such a sneaky little, sneaky little devil that oh, he is. Yes, he is. So you'll have this idea of, I feel crappy. I feel, you know, like I, I'm just down. I'm depressed. I feel anxious, overwhelmed, burnt out, whatever. Remind me to tell you my theory about burnout. It's a good one. Ooh, okay. I need that. So, so you, you think whatever the thought is and you know, in your heart of hearts that what makes everything better, spending time with Jesus, yeah. the Lord, yeah. getting in the word, listening to a praise and worship, something. And you'll feel resistance because the enemy will tell you you're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. That's not what you need. You need to watch YouTube and get something funny or you need to uh, get back to work or, you know, that's just going to distract you from the whole day. You're going to get sucked into the word and, you know, you might go down a word rabbit hole. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, for sure. They're the best though. I get so excited. They're like, where's my day? Yes. And then it's like, you, you got to get the Concordia and, and, and all the, yes. and then you're teaching your friends like, Oh my God, did you know this? And look, the, oh, Milo, I just read this passage three weeks ago. I didn't even see that there, you know? And so the enemy will remind you like distraction, distraction, don't be distracted by the Lord. And then you got to shut that voice down and get into that quiet time with God, because yes, you might go down a word rabbit hole, but when you make time for God, God will make time for everything else. When you make time for God, it's so amazing how when we, and I'm just, I'm reminding myself, by the way. So this is not me preaching. This is just me reminding oh, myself. Oh, you can preach all day, girl. <laughs> when we actually take that time with God, yeah. God starts opening up all these opportunities, all this much. You know, how the, I made thousands of dollars today, literally, because you know, I get a notification. Yes. I did nothing today. Come on. Those thousands of dollars that came into my bank account. Now I did work. A previous, right? Like, so it's not like, I'm oh, I just, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't just so I woke little, up like this. <laughs> money just dropped into my bank account. But, but I share that to say it was worth it to have spent the time with the Lord this morning because it, it increased my faith. It gave me a new level of obedience. And I was also rewarded because I believe that when the money came in, that was God winking at me and saying, you see, I've got you kid. Spend time with me, prioritize me. So true. It's so good. And he, he is so intentional. I love that you talked about like his renewable resource. Like he is the renewable resource towards our time towards our finances, towards all of these things. That's why you think of being abiding in him, the fruit never runs out, right? Like it never runs out. And so he's constantly renewing, but if we're not abiding, he can't renew. If we're not abiding, we don't renew. And so I was literally just doing a commercial for our upcoming retreat in the Dominican Republic. And I was saying the words like, do you just need some renewal? Because I think a lot of people just need that like old wine skin to go get rid of that and step into what God has planned for this new season. But people have this element of fear. And so will you talk to me about being unafraid and how that's really linked to the book permission to offend and how you show up on a consistent basis? Okay. So first of all, I think it is not a coincidence that just this morning I sent a pass. I want to say it's like Luke 17, 16, 17, or 19, one of those yeah, chapters. Yeah. But in Luke, it says that you have to give up your old life to take the new life, right? If you give up your, if you hold on to your old life, you will surely die. But if you take up the new life, then you will surely live. And so I love that you good. That's so good. Just another God wink. (laughs) A little, it's confirmation. So if you know that you're supposed to be in Dominican Republic and you were waiting for (laughs) something, which I I have stopped asking God for big demonstrative signs. Yeah, come on. Me, I am in the season of a gentle nudge and a quiet whisper. Give me a gentle nudge. Obedience. Yes. That's true obedience. And Generally speaking, when you know how they say like 
uh, God will throw like a little pebble at you and then he'll throw you a rock. And then eventually you're going to have a boulder that you cannot get around. And eventually yeah. you're just going to fall right on top of your yourself, right? This all happened to me. So I get it. Not judging, but understanding that like, I, I want to respond to the small rocks. I want to be the obedient child. It's like, uh-uh, I don't even have to say no, right? To my kiddos before they do the thing. And they're like, they pay attention. I want, I want God to just be, uh, oh yeah that conviction in our spirit, but you have to be aligned and spending time with him to know his voice, to know mm. that correctional pattern. Yeah. To go to the question that you asked me about yeah. being unafraid. Okay. Couple of schools of thought, the way that I talk about it in the book, uh, I was very conscious when I wrote the book, I wanted it to m- appeal to the masses because I believe that part of my ministry is mm-hmm. reaching people that would not otherwise, like they're the people that I am meant to serve. They are not going to the Christian section in the bookstore. Right. right. To find the book. And it was interesting because my editor is a believer and she was like, mm-hmm. can you put a little more God in here? And I was like, I mean, I can try, but I don't want to force it. I'm, I'm, I put God where I felt God was asking yeah. to share it into the story, but, but I'll take another pass. And I, um, and I said, so, but I want to have a delicate hand because mm-hmm. I believe that when people see me, they, they want to be accepted. And so I've got to show them the acceptance of the Lord and then let God deal with them with whatever, you know, righteousness, indignation yeah. they need. To deal yeah. With. Come on. So two schools of thought around fear. One is from like a Christian, Christian perspective, that fear is a spirit, uh, a menacing spirit that we should be rebuking Mm -hmm. at every turn. So like the fear comes up, the spirit of rejection, spirit of fear comes up. We should be rebuking that, calling it out and say, I fear you have no authority over me. I plead the blood of Jesus and I command you to go right now. Like depart from me. Yes. Yes. I don't say that in the book. Um, but I, I understand. And this is the thing where people, as they become and they learn more about who God is and his word, this is the language we can use. But there are people listening even to my show who are in the business spectrum that only have this God spirituality lens. And so you're teaching, you're teaching. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's the one, you know, yep. nitty gritty, right? Yeah. You want to not today, Satan, watch out. You- you have um, battle in the realm of the spirit. Right, yeah. um, in the natural, when we talk about being unafraid, well, first of all, you have to get rooted in your truth. Only then can you be unfiltered, unafraid, unbothered. The reason why we're so scared is because there's a fracture in our identity and there's a belief that I'm, I might be wrong. Yeah. And so the first step I say is to activate your truth and figure out who you are. What is your identity? And identity is not the roles and responsibilities. So when I ask people like, well, who are you? Tell me about yourself, especially women. Well, I'm a mom, I'm a <laughs> wife, I'm a teacher, I'm a nurse, whatever their job is. I'm a coach. Yep. And I remind them, those are your roles and responsibilities, appointed or self, self-appointed. But that is not who you are. Who you are, your true identity is based on your beliefs and your values, okay? So that's the first thing you want to do. Once you, and also, why do you believe the things that you believe? I had to examine this for myself as a Christian woman because there was a season where a lot of the Bible wasn't making any kind of sense to me, Tamara. I don't know if you've had that experience. Totally, totally. I've read plenty of things. I don't got it. I don't get it. I don't got it. I don't know how I'm supposed to apply it. I'm walking on. Okay, good. Thought it was just me. So I remember going to Bible study. And at the time we were living in 29 Palms, which is like this desert city. And the church was mostly older people. And I was like one of three people of color. And by the way, if you're listening to this, I am fair skinned. So I'm not super melanated, but I was like a, 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 a quote unquote. So you woman. were of color in a very white church, basically. And you're not right. even real. Okay, I got it. Not even like my skin is very beautiful. Fair. So 
I would go to these these Bible studies on Wednesday nights and I had all these questions. And I remember that I, as soon as I would raise my hand, the older white men would get like you could see on their face, like, oh, here we go again. This oh, kid. Lord. You know, and I say to the pastor one day, I said, Pastor, I don't think I should come back to Bible study anymore. He said, Why not? I said, well, for starters, I asked too many questions and I see how these white men look at me. I don't think that they're amused. And secondly, I feel like I'm questioning God too much. Mm. This is the best advice I ever got from a pastor. Mm. He said, that's exactly why you should come because you're questioning God. And one of it's, it's important to question God and to question your faith. One of two things will happen. Either you will lean more into your faith and then you will have answers that satisfy or maybe answers that don't satisfy, but that will keep you coming back and, and hungering yeah. to know God. Yeah. Or you will decide it's not for you. But either way, you'll know. He says, so keep coming and don't worry. I, I like your questions there. You know, for him, yeah. it was helping develop him as a pastor. Absolutely. So... Just like the pastor said to me, continue to ask the thoughts, you uh, within ourselves, can, why do I believe? Why do I believe in God? Why do I believe the Bible? Why do I believe um, that I can do something? Why do I believe that I can't do something? So it is this uh, constant self-examination that is often difficult, but it is the most profound transformational work you will do. You think that the most transformational thing that you can do for your business is to invest in some sort of marketing strategy or copywriter. Those things matter. But the thing that will lead to the lasting transformation is the introspective investment in yourself. The second part of that, of like getting getting rid of the fear. So now we, now we know who we are. Now we know what we believe. Um, the next step is to increase our offense capacity quotient. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? That means stop being so sensitive. That's code for stop being sensitive. You're being sensitive because you're afraid to be wrong. Give yourself permission to be wrong. And oh, give yourself- that's good. And so one of the things I say, I say this with my clients all the time. I'll be coaching. I'll ask a question. I'll throw a supposition. And then I'll say, I'm available to be wrong. Here's my perspective. This is what I think. This is what I believe. I'm available to be wrong. Convince me. Change my mind. Tell me otherwise. Ooh, I'm going to start using that as a parenting strategy. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me otherwise. I use it with my kids all the time. It's so good. And you can tell me otherwise. That's so good. Yeah. Oh, I I had it with my daughter the other day. She was like, she, I asked you to do something. I came back an hour later. She hadn't done it. I was like, it's been an hour. She said, no, it hasn't. I was like, I came in here. I telling her the time. No, you didn't. I said, ma'am, I do a coffee enema every morning at this time. And I sent a text message at this time to Lauren. And I was before that. I said, I have receipts. You know, I said, oh, she was like, no, yeah, she was like, I don't remember that mommy. I said, well, what we remember and what actually happened, recollections may vary. Thank God for timestamps. So have- good. You do not. I win this one. <laughs> now clean your room. <laughs> I teach. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. But I teach my children to debate with me. Yeah. Most that's good. don't want that because it creates. Listen, it creates a lot of headaches for me personally. That drives me up the wall. But I let them debate with me. I let them negotiate with me because I want them to have that skill set moving forward. Some of us, myself included, were not given afforded that opportunity. It's very Growing good. Up, I was told uh, children are meant to be seen, not heard. Speak only mm. once spoken to. So I never got to challenge authority. Mm. And it's important to challenge authority. The, I believe that because of that, that's one of the reasons why um, I was molested and mm-hmm. I didn't say anything because obviously they were older than me. You can't challenge authority. You can't, you know, right. but, you know, maybe if the, I don't know, we can make all kinds of suppositions. Doesn't matter. Next okay. step in uh, giving, giving, uh, releasing this fear. So you're going right. to increase your uh, capacity to be offended mm-hmm. because if you can take, someone's saying something off the wall to you, then you're not going to be so scared to say something a little off the wall. 
But what happens is if you've been deeply offended, you will overcompensate because you never want anyone to feel the pain, the rejection, Mm -hmm. the anger of being offended. That's people pleasing. Yeah, the people pleasing. I was talking to a client the other day and she was like, I I just can't say, I said, let me guess. You've been offended before. She was like, yes, it was. And it hurt so bad. I said, and because you were hurt so bad, you don't want to hurt anyone, even when staying silent is hurting you. So now you become the martyr. You start living for everyone else because you're so afraid that you're going to hurt someone the way that they hurt you. Well, first of all, let's heal that trauma. Let's clear that. And here's the way you clear the past. I noticed that in the past, this was a pattern. I noticed that in the past, this happened to me, but this is the present. Today is a new day and I'm not there. Thank God for that. Another thing I talk about in the book is um, thanking your, your subconscious mind for the unnecessary thought. So thank you for that unnecessary thought. I'm a breast cancer survivor. Yeah. And when I was healing, man, those first two years were brutal. Emotional. It was an emotional battlefield because Mm. in the back of your mind, you're just thinking like, is it going to come back? You know? Yeah, of course. And I was in a group because I chose to heal with a more naturopathic perspective with diet and one of the communities that I was in, their mantra, their like little affirmation was every bite is life or death. Wow. So think about if I wanted to have like a slice of potato with some salt on it, because salt was prohibited in this diet, like right. that's death. You're biting into your death. Wow. Horrible. Yeah. So I began seeing a therapist. So shout out to Dr. Wayne. And I, I said, I can't shake these thoughts. Like I'm obsessing every single day. I'm thinking about cancer and I'm like, I can't take it anymore. Yeah. And so he said, well, it's really simple. Just thank your brain for that unnecessary thought. I said, that is the dumbest thing I heard. What are you talking about? So the unconscious mind, its job is just to serve up ideas. Yeah. Ideas that you've consumed. Right, right. It comes, he said, imagine you're at a dinner table and you have everything you need, the salad fork, the, the main fork, the shrimp fork, the crackers, the, um, the, the steak knife, the dessert, everything is there. And here comes a waiter and gives you another fork. You don't need the fork. You're good. So you say to the waiter, thank you for that unnecessary fork. I said, Wayne, I would never say thank you for the unnecessary fork. That's so rude. You take the fork. <laughs> well, I wouldn't take it either, but I'd be like, oh, I'm good, right? But I wouldn't say thank you for the unnecessary thought. He said, well, you got to say that. And the reason why you want to say thank you for the unnecessary thought is because you want the unconscious mind to recognize that it's serving you up a thought that is not useful, And remember, the brain's function is to create shortcuts, patterns, efficiency. Wow. So you got to tell your brain this activity is inefficient. Could lead to demise. Be easy. That's good. And like so simplistic because I think of it associated to like tech or different things. It's almost like when you're doing an SOP inside of your business and it's like, here's the standard operating procedure. And then you have somebody new who comes in to see the SOP and they're like, what's step four, five, and six? That's not necessary. And then you're like, oh, I guess it's not necessary. Like how much that would free you on a consistent basis, not just in your business, but your day-to-day life if we talk to ourselves like that versus it being like what generally happens, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is this understanding of we start to self-deprecate based on the thought because mm-hmm. we believe that the thought is true. And then we get mad at the fact that we thought the thought. And I love that you said like the thought generally comes from something or someone that we've consumed, mm-hmm. which then brings ownership to ourselves towards said thought. And so mm-hmm. there's like all these things playing at once. Do you find yourself, Rachel, on a consistent basis, like catching those thoughts? I mean, and literally the word says to take every cat thought captive. So mm-hmm. do you find yourself doing that and being able to rewire your thought pattern based on your subconscious or conscious? Okay, so in the book, I have an activity called going to bat for yourself. And it's belief 
audit time. Mm. So this is where you're going to audit your beliefs and your thoughts. And I, I just walked people through this today in one of my programs. So I literally went to town to open up my journal and I'll show you, we did this today. And it was thoughts oh, I've had cool. recently. Um, these thoughts were just, I can't even repeat the thoughts. They're just yeah, so, sure. so unproductive. Yeah. But here's the thing. They're not my heart's thoughts. Mm. My heart does not truly believe this, but these are thoughts that just came into my awareness. First of all, the thoughts were not even in my awareness. I had to call them in. Mm. I had not call them in. I had to call them up. Yeah. Because remember, the thought lives in the unconscious mind, most of the thoughts. But you have to examine, like, well, why do I feel so icky? So you're going to go to bat for yourself and question the thoughts. I wonder where did that thought come from? Why do I? Is it true? If it's not true, what is a truer statement? If it is true, how can I reframe the thought to make it more of an empowering thought? And then you want to eliminate unhelpful thoughts and amplify the helpful, productive, useful, efficient thoughts. It's so good. And it's like, it's not that difficult, right? But I think the biggest difficulty that I would find isn't even in the activity, but is in the people's practice of time management associated to this. I have a thought on that. Let's go. No, it's not time management. It's energy management. Yes. yes, Have yes, plenty yes. of time. Most people, there is, listen, it is a very small percent of people who genuinely do not have enough hours in the day. Yeah. Those are the outliers. Yeah. If that is you and you genuinely do not have enough time in the day, then my encouragement is to go make more money so that you can outsource. Come on. That's good. Outsource so that you can go make more money. Okay. But for the rest of us, we have the time. You are mismanaging your energy. You're starting the day. Here's a neurosciencey thing for you. You're starting the day scrolling, right? First of all, when you are scrolling, you, it is so bad for the brain. Yeah. A couple of things are happening, but the thing I want to highlight is you are getting false hits of dopamine. Mm-hmm. So you're getting these rewards for doing nothing. And there is such a thing as dopamine fatigue. Like there's too much of a good thing. Wow. Um, then, so you might be doing that. You might be getting an overdose of dopamine to start your day, which is messing up your quarter. The whole thing is throwing you off whack. Another thing that may be happening is you're checking your email. So you're going to reactionary mode. And even if you don't answer the emails, the fact that you look to see what came in opens up a tab of, I've got to respond to this. Then you're looking at your schedule and you know what's up ahead. So now let's say there's three items on your uh, schedule. That's three more tabs open. So now we're at to five tabs, five things running on your processor. Mm. Also... You're taking in hundreds of thousands of micro bits of information that your brain has to process. You don't realize that this is happening. Like you're not consciously thinking about breathing. You're not consciously aware until I say it right now, but you're not consciously aware that your peripheral vision is assessing everything that's happening. I can pay attention to it now because I'm bringing it into your awareness, but think about it, right? I'm here. I'm looking direct to camera, but my brain is processing what's happening right here at the window What's happening over there? And the fact that my dog is underneath the table over here. Yeah, yeah, it's good. So you have about 100,000 other tabs just just running. That's your desktop, if you will, just running on the background. So as soon as something crazy happens, it's like, what? Activated on the alert. Okay. So before you get out of bed, you've already tapped into your energy. Mm. You haven't eaten. You haven't drank any water, so you're dehydrated. You have no fuel, um, you're you're undernourished. And if you're like me and you do intermittent fasting, you're borrowing on on calories that maybe, depending on when you stopped your fast, right? You have to be so mindful. And I know someone's listening to this thinking like, I'm exhausted just listening (laughs) to this. (sighs) This is exactly what's happening to you every single day 
on the unconscious mind. Mm. You're not aware of it because you would feel incredibly overwhelmed. You wouldn't even be able to get out of bed if you were aware of everything that you're processing. Mm. So you don't have a time management. You have an energy management, energy management time, I'm which an energy goes- management problem. <laughs> yeah. an energy. Well, see, I would refrain that. Because now okay. that you've posted a problem, now it's another thing that's negative. Oh, that's good. Come on, y'all. I'm getting coaching right now because I have all the tabs. I am yeah. really good about my morning routine. About, But there are days where I'll go straight to, I'll still have 12 messages. How do I have 12 messages since I went to sleep last night? I start reading them, even though I know I can't respond because it's four in the morning and they would kill me, but they woke me up, right? Or they yeah. didn't because I have it on silent. But those days that I do the exact routine, literally, that you just said, I, I am guilty of. And on those days, I am, I can already feel that energy depleted and I haven't even started, right? right. And then there's the variable. Usually, it's the very next day because I just felt convicted and was like, that was a terrible idea. It's the next day that I'm in rhythm. I don't do it because I already know that sucked. And yeah. so, but it go, I go through these waves of, I forget because yesterday was so great. And I pick up the phone again, it's banana. So tell me, instead of calling it a problem, an energy management opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> yeah. It's an energy management opportunity. Like, great. We have an opportunity so to improve on this system. So Here's the other thing. Remember I mentioned earlier of the diff- burnout. Yes, please so, go to that. I wrote it in blue so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> man, I had this great awareness on burnout. So we think that we're burnt out because we're doing so much. Mm. And then I say to someone, well, let me see your calendar. Let me see what you've been doing. They're not doing that much. There's not like, there's so many hours of the day that are gapped or they're not doing that much. You're not doing, you're thinking. So you have thought burnout. Mm. So you're burning out because you're overthinking, you're mm. over contemplating, you're ruminating, you're living, reliving the past and all the ways you're spending a lot of time in the future, but you're not vision casting. You are um, problem creating, right? Yeah. Like you're dreaming. Yeah, you're not- exactly. That's so good. Problem- And so all of that is creating anxiety and stress and anxiety and stress are the culprits. That's what leads to burnout. But it's not because you were doing anything other than thinking yourself into burnout. It's so banana. So tell me from a neuroscience perspective, because I know people who tell me, they tell me this, I know it's not true, but they will go to Netflix and watch their show. And I just, I just need to like, not think about anything or they'll go to school. I just, I just watch TikTok for a couple hours a night, just so I don't have to think about anything. But meanwhile, they're consuming, 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 how does that work for the brain? And it, it's not, I, there's no way it's actually helping them. No, it's not helping at all, except that they're getting some dopamine. Gotcha. So that feels good. Yeah. Until it doesn't. This is why people that lay around for too long, then they feel like super duper sluggish because now mm-hmm. it's an over, like, it's like an OD. Yeah. Of so it is true. When you first get on the scroll, and by the way, I love a good um, laugh reel or yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's this one account called Your New York City. You're yeah. in my, I'm from New York. It's so funny. It's like, yes, that's us on the plot. You know? um, so you do get that hit. So yeah. they're right. In the moment, it does feel good. The problem is that there's no off switch. Yeah. And they they don't have the discipline to cut it off, to set a timer and say like, okay, I'm going to do this for five minutes and then I'm going to go do something to generate energy. And the other thing, oh, this is the way dopamine works in the brain. So you get that little hit and then your brain is like, ooh, that was good. Let's do it again. Ooh, that was good. Let's do it again. But there is the law of diminishing returns. Mm. So you do it again and then you do it again. And that's why people end up scrolling for so long because they're trying to get that feeling of the first high, the first hit. You're not going to get it, but you're still looking for it. 
And then you start scrolling. You don't even know what you're looking for, but you're hoping that you're going to stumble upon something that'll give you that, oh, that feels good. And that doesn't happen to me, by the way. I don't know if it, if it happens to other people. I did curate my feed a lot more because I was finding myself just like stuck in a space. So I, I got rid of anything that wasn't good, at least healthy. We always say for good, safe and for God. And if it didn't hit those things, if it was like girls that were half naked, whatever it was. And yeah, I would have girls on my account that were half naked. No reason why I didn't ever follow them. They would just show up and like, no more of that. Thanks. I'm not interested. No more of that. Not interested. Right. Cause they're creating your, from the algorithm and yeah. that helped, but I have, I have a very strict phone regimen on like what not to do when not to do it. I'm pretty strict on it. And yeah. so I, I mind my, my hours on my phone, on my social media apps specifically. And just recently my social media manager is no longer with our company after five years, which is like, ah. and my, my, I have felt my energy has just, can I ask a question about yes. that? I know that can I turn the All table. Things. Let's go. Okay. Because this is a problem that I struggle with, right? Yes. And, and I know all the neurological things that are happening. So it's yep. like even worse. Words. I struggle because I still respond to my own DMs. Mm-hmm. Okay. What I notice is I will go in and I will look. And then I think, oh, I don't want to respond because then they're going to respond back. And then I'm going to have to respond back. And it's just like this loop. I started saying to people, please don't message me back and don't click that little heart because the heart is going to create a notification. And like, I can't keep up anymore. It's so true. And that's why you often don't get responses from the people who have gotten to that point in their career or their time energy management, right? Their energy management where they're like, no, I'm not going to do that because now I'm missing important things. I I know. Why don't you have a VA do it? Somebody else can do it and they don't have all the other tasks to do. I know it's so hard. I don't, I have people in my inbox because of social media management. And I was like, I'll just get it. How do they know who, like some, some, my friends message me on my inbox. I want to know what they say. So how do you, is there like a guideline? Do you have an SOP? I don't. Have, I do not have an SOP for how do you manage your friends in your DMs. <laughs> there is something called Flowchat that could potentially help you, and it, it allows you at least to manage the conversations that you're having, and if they are something that you need to revert back to, that because yeah. you know your your DMs are bananas, and anytime you tag I someone, can't. then you have more, and you yeah. can't find that person that you're trying to track or keep in conversation with or any of those things. And then if it's even the flagging is terrible. I think the whole DM process is terrible. It's one of their biggest pitfalls. Um, and so check out Flowchat, see if it's supportive. I know the owner. So at any point you can see if Chris can help you out with that problem. But I, I am at the point as well where I was managing new client acquisition in my inbox versus just commentary or random people sending me stuff or my friends sending me things. I had to stop. I could not do client acquisition in my DM. I'm like, you have to book a call. I, I can't, essentially we end up coaching in our DMs for free. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I don't do that. And I can tell you right now, I, that I have a, but you know, because I, this is all I do with yes. writing. Yes. I have such good boundaries around the coaching. Sometimes they'll ask me a question and I'll just be like, that's a coaching question. I, with your permission, I will answer this on an IG story so that everybody gets the benefit or I will answer it on a podcast, but I can't like, I can't so just- good. You guys, this is what permission to offend is all about. That's Jesus right. would do the exact same thing to the Pharisees and Sadducees all the time, right? He was con- they were constantly asking questions and you're like, that's a really great question. Let me answer it for the people. <laughs> right? Yeah. He literally did that. Then tell a story. But do you know yes. why? You know why telling stories is so important? Yeah. See, um, people don't realize what a great neuroscientist Jesus was. Um, when we tell stories, the unconscious mind will accept it more readily than the conscious mind. So yeah. even if you don't understand the story consciously, you'll look at the story like that was dumb and actually be mad that you took the time to listen to the story, but the unconsciousness is processing. And then all of a sudden you'll realize like, oh, I had that experience with one of my therapists. I was so mad. Actually, I remember 
he was, I went in for whatever the problem was, something about, I was having, oh, I was having trouble posting on social media. Yeah. I was like really in my head. I was like, I don't understand. I've been doing this forever. Like what is wrong with me? And he goes on and he starts telling these like most ridiculous stories about lions and bears and they're chasing me and then shredding up my things. And it goes on for like 40 minutes. I am in, the longer he talks, the angrier I'm getting. Oh my I goodness. Get off, I get off the call and I call my girlfriend who had referred me to him. And I'm like, that was the best. I can never get that hour back. Why would you do that? I was so mad. Oh my god. 30 to 45 minutes later, I feel this like calm wash over me. And all of a sudden, I could see the lesson that he was trying to illustrate without all the fluff that he gave me. And I called her back. I was like, I'm sorry. I understand what you mean now. I do feel so much better. Now, to this day, I cannot tell you what he said. I don't like who knows. Wow. Got it. storytelling this is why we have to tell stories this is why like even in my book permission to a friend which by the way it's in spanish too so good that's so cool in my book i tell so many stories um interwoven with the concepts so that you can apply them to your life so that your unconscious mind will accept it more readily. Now, I know that there are rebels listening. So the rebels are going to be like, I'm not going to believe any of that. Just stupid. Just give me the action steps, you know, and yeah. And they they can do what they want to do with it. But I believe, I think that's why even having interviews and having conversations about people's backstories has been so powerful for me because I can now understand why someone is where they are, which is what Social media doesn't give you the access point to do. And we create the story in our mind. And that's what creates comparison and self-rejection and all these other pieces. And so it's been really fun over the course of the last five years to just ask the question that most people wouldn't ask or find out about how their faith is integrated and see what's real to them, what's not real to them. And it really changes not only the bonding mechanism, which is why actually being with people and having real conversations is powerful, but also the understanding of every person moving forward. And so I'm grateful just for this conversation, what education we got today. You're such a wealth of knowledge. Thank you, Fran. I could talk to you all day. I know. I know. We can keep going. Another conversation just about the the gems that we've uncovered in Bible study. Yes. I'm I sent you my phone number, by the way, in your DM. So tell whoever. <laughs> tell your girl. Give you my number. <laughs> you see, that's why I have trouble. <laughs> if you had sent me your phone number, I would need that. I need that right now. It's true. I- and they would be like junk, junk. But this is a real conversation. Let me ask you this really quick live because I think it's um, interesting for my community to hear. And it will probably be synonymous to you when I'm going to speaking engagements and things like that. I'll generally have like a point of contact that has either brought me in the room. Maybe they're the host or maybe you're not even the speaker and you're just in the event, but people know of you and they want your phone number, right? They're like, Oh, let me get your number. And I'm like, you can DM me, right? You can DM me is what I now am really comfortable with saying because I'm in my DMS. Well, I had a friend recently who shared my number, like sent me a shared text message. And I was like, oh no. And it's not to say I didn't love the person that she was connecting me with. I wanted to get to know them, but I had to send her a private message and say, hey, I love you so much, but I'm at this point in my career and just in my life where I really don't like my number to get out to people unless I've nurtured a relationship with them longer. How do you handle that? Okay, so I have to offend. I have two phones. That's what I need to do. Okay, and by the way, um, this is not a economical. This is not a. This is not a, <laughs> not a financially idea. No, um, but you can get a Google Voice number and put yes. that. So, but for me, the reason why I have two phones and a Google Voice number, believe it, believe it or not, is because. Um, one is dedicated for work. Yeah. That's this one. And then one is for like family and friends. And I wanted to have my little apps or whatever. But sometimes I don't. So like Ooh, this that's works. That, that stays there. And then this one has nothing. And then that's like my bat phone, if you will. Right? I love that. 
That's um, a great idea. I'm doing that. I have it. I have a second phone. I'm literally using it as my camera and I never even thought about using it as my number. That's the bat phone, right? That. Like okay. that's the secret secret. That way, because you can leave the house and leave all the everything behind. But if your mom, you know, whoever your yes. immediate people, of that's course. who gets this phone. Um, a business acquaintances, anything work related gets this number. Anyone that I'm still trying to figure out who you are, you get my email. Yes. You get my email and, and I'll chat with you there. That exact thing happened to me the other day, though. A girlfriend of... She included us in the bat phone. Mm-hmm. I was so like, mad. That's my phone number. <laughs> I messaged her right away. I said, Hey, please ask me before you do that. And she was like, Oh, it was just for now. Let me tell you, when it comes to permission to offend, this yes. is like critical. If you've made a mistake, don't justify your mistake. It's mm, good. Just- just say sorry because when she she said was oh it was just for that and anyway she doesn't know you I don't care if she had no idea who I am I don't care don't justify it just say I'm sorry it will move on yeah move on I have a feeling when I get this in my hands, I'm going to have all the sticky notes and all the highlighters. I'm like, just refer to my friend, Rachel, just refer to my friend, Rachel. If you're offended by something I'm doing, refer to my friend, Rachel. Send them to me, Sam, because I will set us all straight. You know, what's so fun to listen. I wrote this book. Um, This is my Spanish edition when I'm doing a lot of interviews in Spanish now. So I got to read it. It's so cool. I... Even though I wrote it, my own other copy is like so earmarked. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's like, it's my work, but I love doing the work myself. Yeah. Because the, the, what I teach is so evergreen and timeless. Like this book is never going to go out of style. I think the cover is going to go out of style. Hopefully. I love it. The only reason that would, I love it. The only reason you would say that is because of like your hair or your, (laughs) I love it. The principles are timeless. And that's what I love about, um, the work that we get to do within ourselves. Like we're always growing, we're always evolving. And, learning how to operate with more compassion and empathy while owning and operating your truth is a skill set that will pay dividends, not just for ourselves, but for our legacy, our children and our children's children and their friends. And that's why I'm a proponent for this work and such an advocate for it. It's so good, Rachel. I'm so appreciative of you. I know that it's so needed. Do you do retreats? Because you should. You know, I've been thinking about doing that, but I used to do this big event called Confidence Activated. Yeah. This year, I was like, I'm not doing any events. I need a break, but I do want to do a retreat. Tell me about your retreat. I know. Yeah. I'm like, girl, you've got to do one because this is such rich information. But even as we're talking, I'm thinking, gosh, if I could just sit for a longer period of time, if people could sit and process for a longer period of time, literally go through your curriculum at a retreat, it would be so cool. Okay, wait. So I actually, it's so funny that you said that the curriculum, because I developed a coaching certification, yes. the curriculum, including a neuroscience um, component. So when they, when they get certified through me, they'll be certified in my tools and in neuroscience coaching. That is brilliant. Ooh, you've got to come into our community and share because that would, they would love that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause people are always there. First off, they find themselves needing like it's almost like I, I have to have a certification in order to write. And they're looking for validation, which we don't need. And the Lord gives us that value, but it's, it's so needed for people to have this extra breadth of information, which is what you're providing. Yes. Yes. So come and book. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You guys get permission to offend. Go to rachelluna.biz or DM her on Instagram. (laughs) I'll add to your influx, but only if you have not a coaching question, some affirmation, maybe just tag her in a story. Let's just put it that way. Tag her in a story. It'll bring joy to her day. And gosh, there was so much gems dropped here. So I can only imagine all the fruit we're going to have from it. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you, Tamara. Love you. Love you too. 
Hey y'all, it's me again. Before you go, let's solidify the flame that was ignited within you today by sharing the spark with your own community. Whether it's mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, or spiritually, I would love for you to take the step right now by declaring your takeaway. Snap a pic of the episode and share it on your stories or posts, and you can tag me and the guest, and we will surely feature you on our Instas. Hey, you may even unlock a new accountability buddy in me or them. We're totally in this together, and we appreciate the extra step taken. I would be so grateful if you even took the extra step. Come on, give me that extra sauce and leave a review on iTunes for the podcast listening app that is of your choice. I'm going to be featuring your thoughts, in fact, and it's going to be so fun in upcoming episodes. So you'll not only hear your name on the show, but maybe even your passion project or whatever big shout out you want me to make. So please, as a fellow writer, leave some words that I can attest to, and I can't wait to read what you have to say. Thanks again for being a loyal listener, and I hope to meet you in person soon at one of the events that we are speaking at or hosting. And I say we because the Fit and Fake team could not do this without you. Until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. This is the Fit and Faith Way. This is Perseus Poku, host of the Sound Reasoning Ministry podcast. Learn how to share and defend your faith by listening to us weekly. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.